My name is Adam Martin. I am the founder of FI Project. I'm a five-time felon and I know what it feels like to be released from jail or a treatment center or a detox or a homeless shelter into nothing. And so the idea was like, could we do a better job by providing services in an F5 fa fashion, which was the function key on a keyboard, which was like refresh. So like every time we met someone, what would it look like if we treated them like none of that existed? So F5 Project is a nonprofit organization. We help people who have uh, addiction issues, homelessness, mental health, and ultimately try and give them a chance to change. I had seen some trends happening with peer support where people with like real lived experience, they were going back to where they came from and they were helping people out of those situations. There's no better way to get over the stuff that happened to you in your past than to go and help people who are currently experiencing it. Welcome, welcome. This is F5 Recovery Radio. This is One Pretty Ricky, and I'm super excited that you all are here to join us. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kirsten Hoovenen and Adam Martin. And uh, yeah, so we're just excited that we're here on uh, F5.9 of the FM. Super excited. How are you guys feeling today? Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a been an awesome week. Been a been a good week. We have a uh, all sorts of other like fun things going on today, but I want to just jump right in. We have an hour, so we want to make sure that we give the the best time and you know give all the people listening you know something good. So uh, today we always try to find a different uh, topic and just something to kind of be able to share and just you know be really casual about it. Uh, so today uh, we're going to be talking about mentorship and either the importance or maybe not. We're going to talk about what mentorship. Oh, I thought you said mentorship. Right. Like Mentos. Mentorship. <laughs> mentorship. <laughs> mentorship. Because I like I don't know if I can technically say sponsorship because there's there's a lot of I mean, same kind of concept, but basically someone that you go to for advice, for help. Should I do this? Should I not do this? We kinda touched a little bit on it last week. But just want to talk more specifically about it this week. Like is it is it important to have a mentor in your recovery or can you just Dude, R you know, Ricky has a radio voice. I, I'm like I know, it's getting sued. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I feel like we should be on at like 1 a.m. with you. Nap now. <laughs> and with that, guys, <laughs> Barry White. Barry White. Uh, yeah, here's the thing what like mentorship is. I, I think it's different with, you know, every, you know, in. Business mentorship is not the same thing as recovery mentorship. They okay. probably look similar in some fashions, but, sure. you know, um, recovery mentorship is, I mean, there's even different ways that people do it that we know, right? There's like some guys that are really militant mm -hmm. about it, like mm -hmm. do what I tell you to do, kind of, you know, your best thinking got you here, which is true. Mm -hmm. And then there's some that like, you know, my, like my guy, like I meet with him 15 minutes a week. I run some stuff by him. You know, early on, it was probably when when things are crazy, call me, you know, which it would still probably be a thing or whatever. Sure. There's just less crazy today <laughs> than there. Or let me take that. There's different <laughs> crazy today. It's just not like an emergency anymore. Right. Sure. Um, but it is probably like one of the things that I learned with uh, mentorship is that it like he's kind of outside the, my life. Right. So like mm. when I'm like emotionally connected to everything, literally everything in my life. People, I, someone I just meet mm -hmm. says something like me and Kirsten are sitting next to each other and somebody we just meet, we're having coffee with. And they're just like, Kirsten, you got a nice shirt on. And then they just look at my shirt and then they just kind of go on with the conversation. <laughs> right. I'm, and I'm like, well, what's wrong with my shirt? Hers really isn't even that good. You know, like, right. I'm just emotionally wrapped up with everything that I think, do, mm. react to. And so sometimes having that guy to just like, you know, Jeff, I was having coffee with this guy. And he said, Kirsten had a nice shirt on. He was like, maybe he was just being nice. Right. Well, why wasn't he being nice to me? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, fill in the blank with like kids, you know, significant others. Mm -hmm. He's probably helped me pivot many times by thinking first thought wrong because it's usually emotional okay and then call him and then he de-escalates it he's kind of mm -hmm. mentorship kind of like my thermostat mm. he, okay. he can help change the environment and how i'm reacting to it and so 
it's it's helpful. And so we didn't have to, he, like, he built that. He, he could tell me, like, Adam, if you wash my car every day for the rest of your life, you would stay sober. Yeah. Right? He, two things. One, I know he would never tell me that. Mm, right? right? Two, if he did, I know that he would have good reason for it, hmm. especially if I saw him washing someone else's car every day. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the the lived experience is like he's not telling me to do things that he's not willing to do. Right. If you have a mentor that's doing that, that's weird. You know what mm. I mean? It's just weird. Like do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. That's not mentorship. That's dictatorship. Right. So. And we've gotten advice from, I mean, you know, when you're trying to get sober or whatever, you go to therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and I mean, so many well-meaning people in your life that are that like not lived experience and they just say well you should do this well that holds zero weight with me you know (laughs) and i know that i'm sure my mom my parents when they were like we begged you to stop using and then you go meet with these other idiots (laughs) these people and you sober up (laughs) you know and it was like well yeah but they're in the same sinking ship as me it's yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I always tell the guys in the jail, I'm just like, man, let's just travel this journey on this leaky ship. <laughs> and here's the thing is like, it's leaking. There's water coming into this ship in all of our lives and mm-hmm. we can either grab a bucket or we're we just going to sit, sit here and figure out whose water is it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which rarely happens. That's why like the recovery world where, you know, especially like an AA where they're like, we have no monopoly on God. I'm like, what does that even mean? You play Monopoly? You know, it's, <laughs> no, it's like mm-hmm. there's Muslims and there's Christians and there's atheists and there's mm-hmm. agnostics. There's, and even on the other side where there's like Republicans and Democrats and people who just are super opinionated and have no idea right. what they believe. But none of that is really, even if it is talked about, it's like, it's not a big deal. You know, because I know that this guy used to be in jail because he was drunk all the time and committing crimes. And I, I, same for me, and then others were different stories, but it all centered around us just trying to get sober. So it's just one big leaky ship in that sense because there's so many different views. There's no doctrine, right? There's Mm -hmm. no, like, you can come here if you believe this or this is what we want you to believe. You don't even have to believe that the, the stories and the, in the big book are real. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Just do the steps and like be kind and help other people. It's like the true form of love your neighbor. Right. You know? So I that's how I view it. Yeah. It's the last it's the last leaky ship on the block. <laughs> <laughs> it's most welcoming anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. a callback from last week, by the way. <laughs> so do you think so obviously I mean we have our you know, we have our books, we have our you know, the various things that kind of guide us on like, okay, this is what recovery should be. This is what recovery looks like. Do this, you know, kind of, you know, just as you said, just the guide of things. So since we have all the materials and all the tools to, in theory, be able to stay in recovery, right, or stay sober, stay clean, you know, however you identify, do you feel that because you have all the tools that you still need to go to your mentor to say, hey, I don't agree with this, you know, like, I think for me, that was one of the best pieces of my, you know, my sponsor to be able to talk about like, hey, I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't, I, I know that I'm supposed to follow this, but something's off here. This isn't clicking right with in my heart and my, you know, whatever it is. Do you think it's important to be able to have that kind of conversation or do you just kind of just to face value? Yep. You wash a car every day. You wash my car every day. You're going to be clean because that's mm. what the book says. Mm. And then do you just take it for face value? Everything that your mentor says or do you challenge it at all? Well, I think I always know that they're probably right, but I'm still going to try it my way just to see. But <laughs> okay. um, uh, I'm also curious how how GA does their mm-hmm. mentorship. Was that easy for you to get a sponsor right away, or were you like, nah, I don't need that? I didn't at first, um, just because I when I was in, when I started GA, I was also, I had like a therapist and I had um, a counselor for this like outpatient I was doing. So I just had a lot of people kind of telling me what to do so i was like i don't really want another person mm-hmm. i just want to kind of just float along and see what happens and see if i can stay clean and then when i started to like graduate and complete the other programs and i was like oh i don't really have anybody to tell me what to do and i keep reading this book and it's telling me what to do but then i have questions you know so then it kind of like triggered like hey you know what maybe i should 
try the sponsor thing out. And so, but then before I even got a sponsor, then I asked people who had sponsors. I was like, hey, what is your sponsor like? First, I asked, well, let me back up. I asked, who's your sponsor? <laughs> Which technically you're not supposed to do. And then they were like, okay, well, what is that? What is that sponsor relationship like? Like when I'm looking for a sponsor, what am I? Do I just ask somebody? Do yeah. I like? Do I have to have a criteria? Do I fill out a form? You know, just all these things. They're like, <laughs> no, man, just ask. And if they want to be your sponsor, they'll say yes. And if they don't, they won't. And then don't be mad about it. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so then I just asked somebody who I was like kind of close to in, in the group and, and said, hey, will you be my sponsor? And he said, yeah. And and then we were, you know, been my sponsor for a long time. And so it was kind of like, it was just different. And then everything that like, that a lot of the friends and people that I talked to that had sponsors or who were sponsored themselves were like, okay, this is kind of how we guide, you know, the sponsee sponsor relationship was nothing like what we had with me and my sponsor, but it was good because I didn't want necessarily what they, I thought I was supposed to have what they had because they were in long time recovery. They were, they were sponsors themselves. I'm like, Oh, okay. It should be like this. And we tried it for like the first day and I was like, mm, this isn't going to work. So then we pivoted and then we made, it made something work for us and you know, I've been clean ever since. And I definitely attribute it to having the sponsor relationship that I had that worked for me rather than this is what sponsorship should look like. So it's like you can't even do raffles. Mm-mm. Yep. Nothing even whether it's for money or, or in the book. It even if it's for like fun. For fun. Yep. You uh-uh. can't play fun tournaments. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, can you even watch football? I mean, I can, but you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially in my first like three years, I didn't. And I'm a Chiefs fan, for for example. So like, Chiefs were just doing amazing, or they would do terrible, and I'm like, okay, this is triggering a lot of things. Yeah, and then especially because sports betting was huge towards the end of my like, and about to be again mm-hmm. in North Dakota. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I really have to not do this because I'm like, I'm not. I'm not, I don't know if, I didn't know, I didn't know that like the term triggered, but I was like, okay, something's not feeling right. And like, even though I have no investment, this team has nothing like, this is my team, right? Everyone has ownership. Like, oh, I'm a big cheese fan, you know, all the, the talk and all is the things. Is that like a it's Wisconsin like, thing? What's a cheese bag? No, Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, Kansas Chiefs. City. I thought you said cheese. <laughs> this is getting is super hockey? weird. You're terribly addicted to gambling. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was like, I'm addicted to cheese. Cheese. <laughs> soak it up um but it was just like a you know it was like a, i couldn't couldn't even watch it because it would just stir up the same feelings whether they were doing great or whether they were doing bad it would be triggering the same thing i was like okay i can't do this and then i remember uh one of the super bowls i'm like i had to like go downstairs and like just isolate because i was just frustrated with people talking Man. too much while i'm trying to watch this game and i was like this is all the same thing as i was doing when i was gambling I would isolate. I would just try to get away from people, just be by myself to just do my own thing. That's got to be rough because even yeah. if you went to the bar as an alcoholic to watch the game, people aren't talking about drinking. Right. They're just drinking. drinking. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's mm-hmm. not like you have to, even if I go to the bar and they're drinking, like I can I can usually like be okay with it until mm-hmm. people start to get drunk, right? Yeah. Drunk is like, it's not Different. annoying. It's like, man. Mm-hmm. Wish I could get drunk, and so, but if they're drinking, it's never really bothered me because right. I mean, I worked at the in the tech field, and most sales guys are out there, you know, grinding and buying drinks and stuff. So it was like, it was just like a a thing, mm-hmm. like. But then when they started to get like loosened up and stuff, and or the other thing is like, oh, I think I should, I think I should go home. I've had a couple. And I'm like, you're there. You're home right now, man. Don't give up. up. You're almost there. The line is about to be crossed and you're going to become the guy. You know, I would just I would go. But I couldn't imagine just being around a bunch of people nonchalantly talking about gambling. And I'm addicted to gambling. Mm -hmm. You know, holy cow, I would. That would be something. Especially yeah. if they're screwing it up and you know a lot. Oh, my God. It's the same with drinking, though, because if people are like. You know the same. Like, oh, I've had a couple. I'm like, oh, you're almost there. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. Like, if you were watching someone play blackjack and you're just like, mm-hmm. you were an idiot and you should never be an anchor ever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I, 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 feel, I mean, I don't feel. I don't understand it. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about recovery too. Is that we don't even have to understand right. each other's 
you know, thing. Mm -hmm. And we can still, we can still be in recovery together. Yeah. You know. So do you still use your sponsor? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. Do you have like a regular meeting time or call time or? I bet he does. No. Because you're organized. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? I yeah, bet yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just kind of a. I just check in. That was a horrible joke. I, I wish I thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a, just a check in. Just like call them up and say, hey, you know, whatever. Like it's accountability. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's and a just, big deal. It's more helpful that way than something regular because I just I wouldn't treat it as honest if it was like regular. Like, oh, okay, you know, I'm supposed to call on Thursday. Uh, what's been going on this week, and then just try to think of something to talk about. Yeah. Whereas this, I like just being able to just check in. And sometimes it's like a bunch of calls all in a row, or sometimes like it might be a couple of weeks before it goes through. But then it's just, hey, this is what's happening, and I need help. Right? So how did you find him? You just showed up to a GA meeting, and you're like, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it was pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have got one if had I not gone to a place where they, they just like harassed me right. mm-hmm. about it they were just like you got a sponsor i'm right. like i don't even know what that is bro right i'm wearing sweatpants mm-hmm. you guys are all wearing suits this is back in yeah, the day i mean this was, was 20 mm-hmm. 20 years ago or mm-hmm. whatever they don't wear suits anymore you know but uh they're like you got a sponsor you got a big book and i here like when i was a kid my dad used to go to mm-hmm. meetings and i would go with him and it was all it and I didn't really get the concept. I just knew that when I was there, my dad was better. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was like not drunk. Right. You know, because I'd come home at times. He'd be like passed out naked with like a beer bottle and a mm-hmm. burnt out cigarette butt. And I would just like, my mom <laughs> my mom would be like, he's sick. And I'm like, that's a weird sick. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I apparently I'd just be naked. And he's like, woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sick. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. He partied like a rock star. Mm -hmm. Like, I was infatuated with this. And, you know, obviously it changed over time because I just wanted my dad, you know. And then when he'd go to these meetings, he would just, like, all of a sudden start showing up to my Cub Scout stuff and my football games. And and it was, like, cool. And, like, looking back, I don't, like, I've never really... it's It's a weird relate. Like, I know that I love him, but I've never really felt it. You know, mm-hmm. like it was kind of like he was more like, uh, what would you call it? Like he just, when he had time is what I felt like mm-hmm. is he was like a cool, like uncle, you know, he never brought us to school. You know, I, he didn't hold me accountable to doing homework. My mom did all that stuff. So it was like, she was the one who taught me how to play baseball and football and, you know, yeah. and so, but when he went to meetings, all of a sudden he had this sponsor and the sponsor was like, you need to start being present in your family's life or mm. whatever. And then my dad stayed sober for like a year mm. and he like came to my Cub Scout meetings. He came to my football games he, and, and he would just get jacked whenever I did like <laughs> really good in football. Like yeah. he was just like, and, and it was like, he was like my hype man, mm-hmm. you know? And then his sponsor died and then my dad mm. hit like a year of sober and, and I, he just, that was the last time I saw him was he went out and started, I mean, I saw him right. like 20 years later when he started a new family and lived in Alabama and mm-hmm. was dying, you know? Yeah. So, but that always, that seed of, mm-hmm. of that parent, you know, mm-hmm. being in recovery and like being better while sober, like always stuck with me. So all the mm-hmm. times that I was slipping or relapsing or you know, or whatever, or people were asking me to get a sponsor. I was pretty willing just because I, because of how much my view changed in my dad when he was sober. That's cool. You know? Yeah. I think, um, I didn't have any experience with AA before I went to AA. And then when I Mm. went to AA, um, it was like eight guys that were just a little bit older than me. So I thought they have what I want. I'm going to stick around. These odds are good. Mm. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, you just, your addiction changes to the next shiny thing or whatever can make you feel good. And guys are, you guys are easy. Like, I feel fat. And then you're like, oh, you look great. And then I feel good. Yeah. So you guys are easy. But um, uh, they said I had to get a woman sponsor. And I I think for a Mm. lot of women, at least I've heard this thousands of times. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that women in new and recovery say, I get along better with guys than I do with women. And mm. which I get that because um, you guys are easy and I can't really con another woman. And um, <laughs> but if, like logical, it's not logical at all, because who treated me the worst, who left me in tears? You know mm. what I mean? Wasn't another girl except well that one girl she didn't like me but anyway um <clears throat> so i found a woman sponsor and she was not local and so i had to call um and tell her i'm doing these things and it just lacked the accountability kind mm -hmm. of but it was a good place to start but i um i'm shady on a good day and so she'd be like how are things fine great everything's good and i had um a buddy of mine in that meeting he kind of took me under his wing and he would say things like, you can't wear orange micro minis to the meeting. I'm like, I think you're overreacting, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Anyways, so, um, but he just had my best interest. What is interest an orange micro mini? Skirt? Mini a micro skirt. mini skirt? Like a very, very tiny skirt. Oh. Six I still don't know that that existed, but they say it did. Oh. Orange. Do you got to read something? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do your commercial. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, if you're just tuning in, this is KRFF uh, 95.9 LPFM. This is F5 Recovery Radio. I'm joined with my co-host, Kirsten Hoovenen and Adam Martin. Yo. And we wanted to just thank uh, Flatland Guitar for underwriting this amazing program, as well as the rest of the programming here on KRFF. Uh, so Flatland Guitar is your full-service guitar shop and exclusive dealer for Yamaha, Taylor, Paul Reed Smith Guitars, and other brands. They sell guitars on consignment. <laughs> they take trade-ins and have full-service on-site repair center. Check out Flatland Guitar and Luthery on Facebook, or you can visit them in person at 1450 25th Street South in Fargo. Hours are Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. And for Adam, Saturdays, that? 10 to 5, closing oh. Sundays. Where is that? It's on uh, 25th Street. Do you know where the uh, that, like Subway, Himalayan Yak... Yeah, kind of shopping. Center. Oh, right it's in, in that little plaza, mm -hmm. big parking lot. You know, I got I got a guitar for my birthday one time. I don't even remember what it was, and I got a guitar and an, a little amp, and my mom got it for me, and then my dad pawned it. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I, I was like, I I mean, I had dreams. And you then, were gonna be something. Yeah, and I think there's like, isn't there like a nonprofit in town? Or, no, there used to be mm -hmm. where they'd give away, or maybe he still does it. I don't remember. Gives away free guitars to kids in need or something like that. Mm. I can't remember if he still does it. It was like uh, Make a Riff Foundation or something oh, instead of Make cool. a Wish. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to reach out to him see if they still do it because that would be cool. You know who who else is doing some cool stuff? That new that skate uh, place. Uh, God, Hawk's Nest. Yep. They're doing like super cool LGBTQ nights and like trying to give skateboards away to kids and make it like, you know, popular again, mm -hmm. you know, and they, it's really cool. I went and checked it out. It's inside. They got like a half pipe and man, I wish they just had like a whole parking lot, like, uh, you know, indoor kind of arena just to do that. Cause those kids are just having a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. Did you skateboard? I used to skateboard, yeah. No helmet, I'm sure. No helmet. Ugh. <laughs> it's dangerous. Helmets really become a really... Like, oh, my God. The yeah. <laughs> the only people that wore helmets when I remember when I was a kid were the guys on the half pipes mm. because they were, like, getting, like, a lot of a air. Lot of air. Mm -hmm. But if you think of it, they probably is less... There's probably less head injuries on half pipes than there is on street skate. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot more obstacles and right. you know what I mean? Where at least if you are not going to land it when you're up in the air on the half pipe, you know right. you're about, like there's a little bit of time I would imagine compared to like being on a park bench mm -hmm. and then it, your board slips from underneath you or something. Right. You could have like a half pipes, not crack pipes thing, do an F5 Ooh. event, you know? Oh. Well, we're North Dakota. It might have to be meth pipes. <laughs> Oh yeah. There's not a lot of crack <coughs> in here. I mean, yeah. it's it is, but it's it's not. It's not. Yeah. No. It's not. It's not Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just basing it off the trends. Yeah. I rarely hear about crack. And then I go to like some places in Chicago and speak mm -hmm. at conferences, and it's like they it's more prevalent mm -hmm. there than it is here. But then you talk about meth there; they don't really. Click. It's not the same as like. 
here. Mm. It's right. different everywhere. Fentanyl is like crazy everywhere. Right. Like it's getting put in everything. I was we talked about it last week. There was mm-hmm. like guys talking about how people were ODing just smoking weed because people were putting fentanyl in weed. So it was scary. Don't, don't do drugs. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Um, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah, that backfired. Uh, um what was I thinking? Oh, the women getting sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Totally back to me. you. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> women getting sponsors. Anyway, so I have, um, I had gotten a few different sponsors. Mm-hmm. The first sponsor I had was, you know, very like, um, not militant, but it was just like a different time to get sober where it was like, you don't say no to a, a AA request. You don't, you know, or a 12 step program, I guess I should say, but, um, you are where you say you're going to be, you know, like real life stuff, um, that were hard to do when you're newly sober. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I then got a different sponsor and I think you learn a lot from each, each different sponsor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of women are like, well, why can't I just get a dude sponsor? Mm-hmm. And that right now I have a male sponsor, but I've also been around for 20 years. And mm-hmm. it's the same guy that told me not to wear the micro mini yeah. <laughs> the first time, week I was sober, you know, yeah. but it's somebody. You rarely hear guys saying I should get a female sponsor. I It is rare that you hear that. But females, there's like I need to get a male sponsor. And there's like, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> Why, you know. Like in an, in a rare unicorn situation, it actually works out pretty well. But you know, most times it's not. Oh, it I don't think awful. it's a good. And Why if you, is that? if there's a guy who's like pursuing, I think I you know I should sponsor females. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, like that would be okay. you're just like mm, you're kind of giving that predator vibe, bro. No. Okay. Like no, I'm following. Okay. You know, it's just not. So is that why they say to get same gender uh, well, sponsors yeah, I th- I for that mean, reason? Well, here's the thing, like, you're, you're, women like vulnerability, okay. right? So if a guy is, like, getting vulnerable, I would imagine it's, they're like, man, I wish I could talk to my husband this way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it just, the the dynamic shifts, mm-hmm. Okay. you know, I, yep. I think, until you've been sober for a while and you're genuine about wanting, you know, Kirsten's kind of in a, a different boat where there's mm-hmm. not a, there's not a ton of women you know, with a lot of long-term sobriety, you know, or men. And they all kind of go into their own meetings or whatever. So, like, mm. at our meeting, there's people with, like, long-term sobriety. But they've been there since the beginning. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's, like, for her to get a woman sponsor in the meeting, I mean, she doesn't really have a lot of choice, right? So mm-hmm. she finds one of the local sponsors that happens to be a guy who's a very – full of character and mm-hmm. been helpful her whole sobriety so it like makes sense yeah yeah but you know if kirsten was like six months sober mm-hmm. and per, like looking for a guy sponsor <laughs> and it this scenario idea, it was yeah. a horror like it's just mm-hmm. not it's really hard it's really easy for emotions to like get skewed and okay. just says yeah. yeah you know and you're usually not looking for like that type of go-to sponsor when you first get sober you're just looking for someone you can connect with and connecting with someone is not always a good idea between male and female right it's yeah. like dating i just yeah. tell guys mm-hmm. that, that i sponsor or whatever i'm just like listen i you know get a plant yep. and that plant's alive at the end of one year <laughs> yep. get a dog <laughs> <laughs> did you yeah. do that I did not. I did not either. No. <laughs> and I tell him too. I'm like, I am not sharing this with you based on experience. And this is a do as I say, not as I do moment because I've never done it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I've paid the consequences sure. of, of being the type of person I was and the trauma that I've been through mm-hmm. in, in my emotional d- needing of rearrangement, mm-hmm. you know, and then getting into a relationship, and they're dealing with all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like trauma dating trauma. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, even the simplest things where they talk to you in a certain manner just like triggers, you know, bad past relationships. And then mm. you're like, oh, it's going down the same direction. And mm. all it was was like, forgot to put away a dish right. or something. You know, you just lose it. Mm-hmm. You're just not, you know. So I didn't, I, well, I, I didn't get the plant. I didn't get the dog, but I didn't date for four years. 
Mm. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll leave that be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get committed. Mm. Yeah. For four years. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that true. clarification. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think like whatever. Tune the reason in at one a.m. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you more. Um, XM radio. <laughs> whatever your reason is to keep going to meetings, that is good enough for, in the beginning. Yeah. Like, uh, to be honest, my mm-hmm. reason to go to meetings in the beginning was to um, stalk my husband's roommate. You know what I yeah. mean? Or date. Not that her was. husband at the time. Not my husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But he was dating somebody I sponsored, so it wasn't... We were just oh. best friends. We weren't dating. Mm. Um, you know, in reality, looking back, mm-hmm. it was it was meant to be, because you guys are like... It would have been weird for you to like be with someone who's like half your height. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you and Matt are like... When you go to the meeting... And you see, you can see Kirsten and Matt no matter where you're at at the meeting <laughs> yes. because they're taller than everybody. It would have just been weird if it had not worked out. It would like it would have been like Marvel, like other dimension, you know. Like this is super weird. Like that guy's like a frog <laughs> compared to Kirsten, like just being super tall. But yeah, that's a that would feel weird. I needed a taller guy for yeah. sure, and. Um, I was, you know, just sucker for a felon, yeah. and um, and he was a drummer, and he went to jail more sober than he did drinking because he had an address, you know. Mm. They could, so they could find him. They could find him now. <laughs> it's true. They could finally uh, find him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but his roommates would be That's like, good. Kirsten, you got to sit down. I got to tell you something. Uh-oh. Like. I don't need to sit down. I'm, are you bailing him out or are we just going to let him sit? And they're like, well, I guess they have to move him to six different counties because <laughs> he has all these warrants. Anyway, so I uh, thought that was hot. But uh, so <laughs> so, but anyway, Baby, back, to, I need back you. to sponsorship. Um, that's when you could chain smoke in jail and play spades. I, yeah, anyway, I remember those when were I the was good in days. Cass County Jail, like when I first started going, they, they had just stopped smoking in there Mm. and i didn't even know that was a thing the only reason i knew it is because they had an electric wall lighter that you could push a button and it would light your smoke or whatever kind of like what they used to have in cars when you can push the little cigarette kind of but you can't you just put the cigarette in the wall like it would light and it was like i was like i look at my watch was like i am two years too late But they left the sign up, so it's just like, it was kind of like people talking about gambling. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to walk by the sign and just remember that they used to allow smoking mm-hmm. in there. You had a watch in prison? In jail? No. Oh, okay. That would have been the least of your problems at the moment. But. <laughs> and they put clocks everywhere, so you, like, it sucks. Because it's not like Vegas, uh, where there's no clocks mm-hmm. and you can just lose track of time. There's clocks everywhere, and every, so you're just like constantly counting down the time. Right. Ugh. I didn't think it was so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> but I have a question about the sponsorship thing. Yeah. So a sponsor for me over the years has been just somebody I can hear that's louder than my own voice. And like Adam mm. was saying, it's an unemotional point of view. Like how I can see everybody else's life so clearly. Like, why are you dating him? Oh, my gosh, this is not going to work. You know, I can see that clearly, but I can't see the train wreck I'm living. But <laughs> um, when so when what do you guys think about when people first get sober or why is it such a huge struggle to to get a sponsor or to like when people come to meetings they're like i don't need it you know Mm and um and you think well what is your other option like you're desperate right now Mm -hmm. so why would it be so bad to have somebody to be accountable to and also make a lot of other connections have Mm -hmm. friends you know what i mean have a lot of friends um but it seems to be a huge hurdle, at mm-hmm. least in my career, is it's like I'm convincing somebody to get better. My job is to convince you to get better, right. even though you came here to get better. I think it was like in the beginning, you know, because I mean, I had all the different I had. I mean, I had technically I had five different sponsors, if you will, of all the different programs and people who were kind of like helping me. Um, but I think it's it's I don't know it's it's daunting because it's weird like it's it's like as desperate as I am and I come to these meetings and I share my stories and you know kind of talk through my feelings it, I think it's just different it's easier or at least in my mind 
in the very beginning, it was easy to say that to a bunch to a bunch of different people than to like sit down one on one. All right, Gerson, here's my here's everything that's going on in my mm-hmm. head that's like crazy and weird and I can't make sense of it. I'd rather do that with a bunch of people than just with you because I feel like it's a lot easier for you to judge me. You know, even though that, that's the whole point of a sponsor is that well, maybe hopefully not judge you, but, right. you know, be able to like help you through those things. It just felt easier to do with a bunch of people than one person. Or I had uh, one of my um, friends in treatment. He said he put it a really interesting way. He was like, it was just one of those things. Like I didn't want to have a sponsor because it took him two years to, before he finally, which, you know, got a sponsor. He was like, OK, you know, I'm my my biggest regret and reason why I didn't do it is I was just so afraid of disappointing somebody yeah. and then having to. If I had someone I was accountable to, I was so I was I've disappointed so many people mm-hmm. in active addiction. This is gonna be another person I'm gonna disappoint, and yeah. I don't want to get a sponsor because that's one less person I'll get to disappoint. And I was like, I never thought of it in that perspective of yeah. disappointing your sponsor mm-hmm. or disappoint having another person that you're yeah disappointing. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd just get them and just not call them. <laughs> <laughs> like oh that's gonna be disappointing getting or, a new sponsor or they say like well i'll call my sponsor if i want to drink or gamble or whatever mm-hmm. and no you won't they're a stranger you have to yeah. build that relationship yeah, yeah. and just be willing to take a suggestion you don't believe in but it is daunting mm-hmm. to start talking to someone and why yeah why do we worry about letting a stranger down you know mm-hmm. what i mean or um if people want to switch sponsors, they're like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. That is not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I want you to live. So I will help you get a sponsor that's the one that will work for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this is pointless. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had a, I've had different mentors or sponsors in different seasons. Like early on, like I needed a guy who was just like, I mean, he, it was almost like he pursued me, right? I needed a guy who was like, like constantly Mm -hmm. like checking in on me and like became my sponsor without actually asking, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, and then he just happened to be at the right place at the right time because he was constantly like wanting to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And then after I got him, you know, I asked him or whatever. And then it just, when I got, whenever I get one, I'm basically giving them the permission to call me on my crap. Mm. Right. Like that's where like I meant like I want your like I don't want people's opinions. I hate when people mm-hmm. give me their opinions. I hate when people are like taking my inventory of my life or whatever, <laughs> you know, but when I get that guy or whatever, mm-hmm. that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm really asking him to do is like right. I'm I want you to like help direct me and call me on my crap when I if you see it or when I when I call you and ask you. Or run something by you, or mm-hmm. get current with you. That's like the thing. Get current with your with your guy. Yep. Um, I want you to tell me what you think. Yeah. You know, I'm giving mm-hmm. you permission to invade my life. Mm-hmm. Is kind of the 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 thing. Yep. You know, because uh, I don't like it when people do. Right. You know what I mean? Like legislators. <laughs> but it's not really about drinking once, or you you know what I mean, or going back to gambling. It's about mm-hmm. like. Because if that was true, then, you know, we would have needed them for week one and been done. But right. um, now it's the accountability. I still require accountability because mm-hmm. on any given day, I pretty much don't want to do much right. of anything, you know. Um, <clears throat> but just to have somebody to be accountable to. And uh, I think that addiction has has very little to do with the chemicals or whatever you're using that's mm-hmm. the that's what was my medicine you know and so then i get sober and i'm back to this inability to deal with life on life's terms for whatever reason i feel so separate from everyone else and so to have someone to call and just basic stuff like um i remember when i was you know we were first married and my sponsor said why don't you talk nice about your husband and i'm like because he keeps buying trucks is what I wanted to say. But um, it, just little things like that. Like, oh, my gosh, m- just me changing how I talk about something changes the whole party. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <clears throat> some a sponsor can say that to me and I don't get offended. Mm-hmm. And um, but like if Adam like my- said that to me, I, I would be like, mm. Yeah. Oh, that's We're going to have know. words. That's no, good. I'm kidding. You could know. probably tell me that. You could yeah. tell me that. 
<laughs> if you started out with woman, though, I'd be pretty upset. Woman? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you both are sponsors. Right? Yeah, sure. Like, have, you know, people you like. Like, so what do you think the difference that you bring as sponsors to this relationship than, you know, another person? Yeah. So I, like I was saying earlier, there's, there's guys that I business mentor, mm -hmm. there's entrepreneur mentorship, there's, you know, uh, sponsorship, like there's a variety yep. in the way that I like entrepreneurship, actually entrepreneurship, like mentoring and sponsorship are very similar to mm -hmm. each other because it's like, you're starting from nothing. You're trying to build something, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. The concept is kind of the same, but the grace is a lot in understanding the depth and weight mm -hmm. of like my experience is much different. Okay. Where like with entrepreneurs, it's just like shut up and just do the work. Right. Right. You could do that in recovery, but like, you know, you're usually dealing with like extremely sensitive. I'm a very, very sensitive person. Like mm -hmm. we mentioned earlier about like saying Kirsten's a nice shirt on. You know, and we're just trying to, like, I, a lot of times I'm just trying to plant seeds for change, you yep. know, like, and I'm, I rarely tell guys that I sponsor what to do. You know, they just come mm -hmm. to me and they're just like, listen, this is what I've got going on. Oh. And then I'm just like helping like point out things that I see along the way. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully their, their view on it becomes more objective, right? Instead of like extremely sensitive, subjective, you know like i'm hurting right. you know because a lot of times like when you look at it from outside it's like why are you hurting mm -hmm. you know like but there's so much that goes into it with entrepreneurs or business mentorship it's just pull yourself up by your bootstraps nobody's okay. going to do the work for you which mm -hmm. again very similar mm -hmm. to recovery nobody's going to put in the the work for you to be sober right if they do, that's just codependency, mm -hmm. you know, and they're they're more wanting it than you are. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, there's similarities, but it's like it's almost like you have to build a relationship with the guy that you're mentoring or sponsoring mm -hmm. to understand like how to. This is why they have the the four step inventory because then you know everything, mm -hmm. and you can see where you know possibly some trauma came from or some you know, uh, some bad relationship or where they've been toxic yep. to other people. And it's always about them. We, I never, never point out like that another person's at fault. Mm -hmm. Even if they are at fault, what's your side? Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Keep your side of the street clean. And usually by default, the other side gets pretty cleaned up. Right. So that, I don't know. That's how I look at it. The guy mm -hmm. I had early on was very militant. And then now Jeff is, we're, it's just like a super laid back, like traveling this journey together and kind of doing, mm -hmm. you know, like that movie Inception mm -hmm. where Leonardo DiCaprio is kind of going into all these dreams or whatever and, or thoughts or whatever the concept of the movie is. And the deeper he goes in, the more real it becomes. So he has that little spinner top right. and he spins the top. And if it falls over, he knows. It, he knows he's in reality, but if it keeps spinning, then he knows that he's not in he's in a dream world and and then i'm the same way where i can like get into like this world and become so resentful so sensitive that things just become real that are not even existing like that person hates me that person i'm never going to get that job like i just become a completely different mindset and so jeff is essentially that spinner Mm -hmm. right and it will keep spinning as we're like meeting and then something in that meeting with him redirects me and i realize how much at fault i am for the position i'm in and then that tops kind of falls over and brings me back to reality so that's kind of like the i the way i view it mm -hmm. you know it's like a long a long you know hypothetical you know i is it hypothetical or is it a metaphor i don't i don't know the difference between yeah. those that's for you tom <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I think you. sponsoring people is a gift, and when you start to sponsor people, you can see things much clearer. But I don't like at the end of every meeting um, or most meetings, they say it works because you work it, not it works because you think about it. And I hmm. think about things to till I am like at Netflix and self-pity you know what I mean like mm -hmm. those that's my evening after I've thought my way through a situation 
Um, and I just need that. I need that accountability to just say, show up like the rest of the rest of all of your baggage and all of the things you think are ruining things that will all get worked out as you go along. But without me being sober, that is only going to get worse. You mm -hmm. know, I have to I have to have that first and then I can start to work on all of the little little things as they go along and like just continuing with life I don't know how to do a lot of things still I don't know how to be a parent like my kids will screw up and I'll be like well now what do we do what do you think your punishment should be and they'll be like well you should probably take away my phone I'm like yeah what else you, you should know? take away my phone and let me play Xbox that yeah. is, sounds like a great punishment uh, so, but it's just like that um, having someone uh to help with those little things or like Adam said, point out like mm -hmm. my, the things I usually do wrong. And, um, I have a, my oldest son, Jack, <clears throat> this is a parenting story, but I, I learned parenting through, um, through AA and having a sponsor. And, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I do not know what I'm doing to tell you the truth. Don't tell my kids. Uh, <laughs> but Jack, was um he was probably i don't even know how old but he tried like basketball football baseball mm -hmm. and uh it just wasn't his jam you know but when we grew up you played everything well if you didn't you, the team couldn't play you know there was only five girls i think anyway but um but it just wasn't his thing and uh we kept thinking but you're gonna be so big you should you know whatever and he's just too soft-hearted he was like well i can't play football i don't want to hurt somebody i'm like oh man now you're gonna get hurt so um he, but he wanted to do D D. and when i grew up i thought that was like not super cool so i thought oh my gosh how do i even do this and um i remember my sponsor telling me yeah he's not gonna be in football so you be the best D&D &D mom you can be. Yes. And I am like, <laughs> That's great. all right then. So now we have a basement. We built a table. Yep. I have like his buddies are the most amazing kids that mm -hmm. have been coming over every weekend for five years. Mm. But I just adore them. And it has created this in spite of myself. He mm -hmm. now has a group of friends that are so tight knit and so fun that's awesome you know what i mean like i just screwed that up yeah. i just screwed that up so anyway and it's just it's just nice you know after enough time in recovery you learn that like if i just take the action just trust that that's probably mm -hmm. the best just take the action i don't know how it's gonna end and if it ends poorly not ah, good life lesson mm -hmm. and if it ends well you know that's good too but right. um but usually the darkest days are the ones I'm the most grateful for because mm -hmm. they've built uh, resilience and a level of understanding that's different than had it just come easy, you know? That's cool. Well, if you're just tuning in, this is KRFF 95.9 LPFM. This is F5 Recovery Radio. This is One Pretty Ricky. I'm joining with Kirsten Hooven and Adam Martin. And today's topic, we're talking about mentorship, sponsorship, and the importance of all to why do you get a dj name what you didn't want one i mean you could have one i can give you slick one. adam slick adam no yeah. <laughs> or pretty adam work. pretty adam Ooh. pretty adam and pretty ricky mm -hmm. can we say pretty adorable kirsten? kirsten there we Aww. go i was like Ooh. i don't know if we can say that as men can we why why well, couldn't you you can because then it's it's kind of like we're like qualifying. Don't ever hesitate to say, to call me pretty. That will be, yeah. I'll be fine with that forever. Okay. Oh. If somebody gets all pissy about it, then don't do that. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. say you're sorry and move on. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It's a numbers game. Just yeah. keep. keep. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of like jokes you guys have about like betting and raffles and a numbers game. It's such, it, yeah. It's, oh, it's never going to get old. No, it's great. But um, I love it that you guys are just like, so just chill about it because i oh, am too yeah. but like you're not like yeah, i hope you can I laugh about it because we yeah. can yeah <laughs> I, yeah i like to joke about things it makes me feel more comfortable you know like uh you know uh just any like whether it's religion or race or mm -hmm. whatever like and i hope people don't take it like the the wrong way and and i have room like this is why i like enjoy having ricky as a friend because i can run things by him and be like is this is this white privilege? 
And usually <laughs> I can feel Ricky just like, usually if you're asking if it's white privilege, it usually is, mm-hmm. you know. So it's nice. It's nice being able to have you as my spinner top <laughs> yep. to bring me back to reality and see things a little more real. But, um, but even the word mentorship, mm-hmm. right? Mentorship. Yeah, I don't get hung up on all that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> but I can see how. I can see how some people. Time to do know, all that drama. It's like, a lot of work. It is man. to be Holy offended cow. all the time. Is. <clears throat> really a bad day yeah <laughs> it takes a, it takes a lot of energy to try and fix everything mm-hmm. you know so it's just like i mean even with criminal justice reform it's such a beast mm-hmm. there's so many different things that need to change and i can see like how i am about that how somebody would be about like pronouns mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's their area that they want to fix right you know or uh you know, fighting against the the senators and stuff about that trans bill where mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean? Like everybody has a fight inside them. And so I, I think for me, like, I mean, I could try and fight every aspect of criminal justice reform or I could find the, mm-hmm. the things that I think are probably the most crucial or critical or mm-hmm. the ones I'm most passionate about mm-hmm. and focus on those. Actually, my dad was the one that taught me this lesson. Mm. Probably the most, you know, not the guy to teach you lessons about changing things for the better, but he, 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 I was collecting baseball cards and oh. he was like, you can either just go out and buy a bunch of cards and just build a big collection and have a bunch of worthless cards, or you can use the money you're going to use for that, save it and buy, find your player mm-hmm. and pursue him and get all of his cards. Right. Or, you know, be more strategic about it. Yeah. And then you'll have your cards will actually be worth money and you've used your money to get them instead of a bunch of one penny cards. You know what right. I mean? Uh, and I was like, and I never, th- I mean, I thought at the time I was like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Cause I, I was more about pay for cards. Yeah. I was, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take that. <laughs> but I was more about quantity, right? you know, than I was about quality or mm-hmm. instant gratification of buying a bunch of cards rather than saving my money to buy the card that I really want, right. you know, and I don't feel like he did that, but he, <laughs> but it makes good sense or whatever mm-hmm. when you're, when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to change something is right. to be strategic about it, you know. You could have folded that lesson into dating later in life, but <laughs> eh, well, wow. what do you do? <laughs> so um, what would you say, like, I know we don't have a whole bunch of time left, but um, to someone who is either not wanting a sponsor, struggling to get a sponsor, thinks it's like ridiculous mm-hmm. or it's just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. desperate, but I'm not that desperate, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, well, I th- so there's, when I do the jail meetings on, I do the, the recovery meetings on Monday, Monday nights and I'll tell you, 60 guys show up to that meeting and about 15 of them get up and walk out, right? Really? Yeah, they do. I think a lot. I think it's a, a partly because of like herd mentality. A bunch of people are getting up and going somewhere to a program. And they're oh, like, "Oh, that on. looks I'll cool. Go. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll go." Mm-hmm. Then they get there and they're like, "Oh, this is what I wanted. This is not. I thought there was cookies, yeah. you know, or yeah. something." <laughs> and so they just get up and leave, you know. And I'll usually, you know, uh, and then then there's new. And I'll ask, "How many people here are actually here for recovery?" And you know, are you looking for sponsors? You know, stuff like that. And I could, it's weird because like early on, like everyone, everyone talked about it. It was like you come to a meeting, you're not leaving without a sponsor. Like that was kind of the. Now it's kind of like, you know, let's just let's just engage, right? Let's like mm-hmm. let's not have a title on it. And if you if you want to call me every once in a while, or you want to go through the book or whatever, let's just do it right. and see what happens. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I try to I try to have the least amount of of commitment connected to Mm -hmm. it and know that they're that like there's just it's full of grace right because i'm not it's a little different than what we do at f5 like i'm not i'm not putting people on my couch you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i'm not really Mm -hmm. going out of my way to like provide things to them i'm just making i'm just allocating some time Mm -hmm. so it's you can be a lot more graceful because you're not you're not giving them anything Mm -hmm. you know 
And so, you know, the constant relapsing or ending up in jail, it's just part of the journey, right? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that most of the guys that I try to help, that I try to help them understand is that, like, from the moment you decided that you you wanted to not drink anymore, forward mm-hmm. is the journey. It's the recovery journey, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will get like sober for three months and then they'll relapse and they'll be like, I got to start over over, or it's, it's not going to work or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, listen, like you're still like you're sober right now. Right. You had a bad night and you had three months prior to Mm -hmm. that. I mean, if you really want to just double down, you know, (laughs) double down, (laughs) (laughs) if you really just want to make it really important Mm -hmm. that you have that same sobriety date, like it's then you're not doing it necessarily for the right reasons. Right. Right. Because this is the point where entrepreneurship and recovery are similar, because most entrepreneurs I know, the one thing that they have is they fail often, they fail fast and they keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so like through all these relapses, if they could view it, that it's just it's just part of like, you know, getting to where they want to get. Like the fact that you're even thinking about that you relapse is different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Before you didn't even think about it. Now it's a thing. Right. Right. That's growth. And so now we just keep moving forward. If it happens again, we keep moving forward. Eventually it'll be just like a business. Mm -hmm. Right. And it will be successful. And and then you just have to maintain it, you know, or start a new business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I don't know. That's I pursue guys. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. I like to I like to sponsor guys that I like, you know, and. And, but if somebody came to me and asked me and I didn't really know him, I'd say, yeah, you know, if I, if I had not too many guys. Yeah. Yeah. And to call them too. I think that was something that we never used to do, but I know how heavy that phone is. So of course I'm, I'm just going to call them if they don't check in with me. There's so many people that have stories about when they were just going to call it quits Mm -hmm. and then somebody called them. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I, I'm a guy's got a gun. He's yep. about to take his life, and then my sponsor called me. Mm-hmm. Well, either he's lying <laughs> and he's telling a great story, yeah, you know what I mean? There. Or it really does. Yeah, a, mm-hmm. These little God moments happen a lot more often than we think about it, but we don't really talk about them unless, you know, we hear it all the time because we're grouped together, mm-hmm. right. right? And so it's 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 powerful yeah. when someone takes time to, like, call you, which I really struggle at because I'm just like, all over the place mentally right yeah i feel like i think uh for me just the idea or anybody who's like kind of struggling with sponsorship you know they always say like you know it's just another tool in the toolbox in your recovery and things like that and so kind of using that analogy i I look at it like like my sponsor's like my it's kind of like a screwdriver it's like it's not very used very often but usually it's just enough to like just tighten something up see you have alcohol jokes too yeah screwdriver i caught that Oh really? Do you know what a screwdriver yes. is? I know, but that's that's what you got out <laughs> of that. There's orange juice and vodka. Right? But I went from the toolbox to a screwdriver, and then you heard orange juice and vodka. No, that's not <laughs> my first thought. My first thought was wrong. I was like, he's calling his sponsor a screwdriver. <laughs> what kind of sponsor do you have? Inappropriate, I think. <laughs> <laughs> some, some weird crap, man. Uh, but it's like, I mean, when you think of like a screwdriver and a hammer, uh, it's like, yeah, I can just yeah. hammer this home. I can just beat you over the head with it, you know. But yeah, screwdrivers no, the same. Was just gonna, like kind of the mm-hmm. hammer sponsorship yeah. approach. It's going to tighten just a little bit, just a little bit of maintenance, yeah. and that's I mean, and that's been the best part because it's like I, I'm there. Oh, that's yeah. where the metaphor. Uh-huh. I'm like screwdriver. <laughs> oh, you Lord. mean like for the when you you have that desk and it's just a little, just a little bit, and you just and then you just tighten it a little bit. And oh then my gosh, Ricky, you really Ooh. you're like the Dennis Miller of analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Take you Twenty minutes to explain <laughs> that joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that have anything in the last like thirty seconds we have? No. no. I just think uh, make those connections. Make those connections yeah. with people, yep. and that will keep you um, around. And you have to just walk the walk. Don't your thinking is anyway. Just show up. Yeah. yeah. So the opportunity ball is on uh, February second. It's tomorrow. Um, so if you want to come, just. Uh, uh, go to fiproject.org under the events tab and find your tickets there. And then Giving Hearts Day is coming up on February 9th and think about F5 and, 
you know, all the other nonprofits that are in town. And mm-hmm. as a reminder, Radio, Radio Free Fargo is a nonprofit, and yes. they do take donations. So um, if you like our show or the other shows that are on here and you want to support local artists mm-hmm. uh, and radio, um, 95.9 Radio Free Fargo is a nonprofit. So. Yeah. And so this has been F5 Recovery Radio here on KRFF 95.9 LP. Um, this is one pretty Ricky with my co-host Kirsten Hoovenin and Adam Martin. We we'll back same time pretty next Adam. week. I know, pretty I Adam. Wanna, pretty Adam. I'm going to think up one. Think yeah, you guys name. They'll tune in next week for them to figure out what their <laughs> DJ name is going to be and we'll be back at it again. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>